welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Good morning, family. It's my privilege and honour to be sharing the Word of God this morning. I'm so excited. I'm really absolutely astoundingly loving this Code Red series. I think it's just wonderful how we can just concentrate on the words of Jesus in red. I love all the Word of God, obviously, but just really honing in on some really gems, on some things that Jesus has shared before He went to be with the Lord, with God in heaven. Um, this morning, I'm going to come from Matthew chapter 16. And the title to my message is, Who Do You Say I Am? We're going to read um, a passage of Scripture where Peter is declaring who Jesus is and where Jesus also um, touches for the very first time about the church. And so we're going to go in there. But before I do, I'm just going to open up in prayer. Is that okay? I want to get right into it because I've got lots, I believe, the Lord wants me to share. Father, I want to thank You for this opportunity to come around Your Word. Your Word is the light to us, Lord, is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. You are the Word, Jesus. You are the living, breathing Word. And God, when it's in us, it's living and breathing in us. And that's what it's all about because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing Your Word. Your Word transforms us from the inside out and it's by Your grace, Your power, Your ability and Your anointing today. We open up our hearts to receive all You have for us, Lord. And I ask that You use my lips this morning like a pen as a ready writer. Thank You that You have given me the unction to function from the Holy One, that faith and boldness is declared. And Lord, that I will articulate, God, what You want me to help and share. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Awesome. All right, well, let's read it, shall we? Starting from verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then He asked them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now, Jesus asked this question twice. And the first time the disciples replied on who people thought Jesus was. There's people in this world who think they know who Jesus is by what others have said or how we as Christians has portrayed Him. And let's be honest, sometimes we've given Jesus a bad rap. People not really known or experienced Jesus for themselves. Jesus says again, He says, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Saviour, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the Saviour of the world. Then Jesus goes on to say, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. For whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. 
Jesus goes on to predict his death and tells his disciples all that is going to happen. And Peter pipes up again. He draws Jesus aside and says, Lord, no, that's not going to happen to you. I'll never let that happen to you. Jesus rebukes Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. Here we see one minute, Peter is acknowledging who Jesus is. The next, Jesus is rebuking him because Peter wavered. He started to see things from a human point of view. We can see so much in this passage of Scripture, but today I really believe it has the keys for us, if we'll grab a hold of it, the keys to living a life of unwavering faith and power. We know that we are living in unprecedented times and it's no surprise to God. So it's imperative we define our values and align our actions, defining who and what we value the most. Like who is your master? What is your mandate? And are you empowered for this mission that you are assigned to live? If Jesus was to ask you this question, Who do you say I am? Could you honestly answer confidently and say, yes, I know who Jesus is to me. So this morning, I wanna ask you these questions. The first one is, is Jesus your master? Do you really know Him? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? See, a lot of people have made Him Saviour, but not Lord. Because if He's Lord of your life, then He's Lord of all. If He's not Lord of all, then He's not Lord at all. Is He Lord over your family? Is He Lord over your relationship? Is He Lord over your marriage? Is He Lord over your business? Is He Lord over your finances? Is He Lord over your body? Because if He's not Lord of all, then He's not Lord at all. Do you seek Him simply to be in His presence, not for what you can just grab from Him? Are you one of those five virgins who had their oil full and was ready for the Master's return. See, our actions reveal what we value the most. Or do you only know Jesus from what others have said or the idea that you think you know Jesus? We understand that talk is cheap. You know, in order to live this life knowing your Master, we got to walk the walk. Do we really believe? So then when you are asked the question, do you know who I am? Who is Jesus to you? You can honestly and confidently say, He is my Lord. He is my Saviour. He is the Son of the living God. He is the one that has saved me from the inside out. Jesus said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus is saying to Peter and his disciples, now, Peter, upon this revelation, I will build my church. Secondly, we see, first is who is your master? Is he Lord of all, of everything? Secondly, his mandate must be your mandate. If He is your Lord 
And if Jesus has come to build, came to build His church, then His mandate must be ours. The Ecclesia of God. You see, the church of Jesus Christ is God's ultimate plan here on earth for His children to work and dwell together in extending His kingdom. Church is not an add-on. It's not plan B. There is no plan B. Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, we labour in vain. That means we are labourers. We are co-labourers in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. The church is referred to as the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. That's intimacy. That's how intimate God wants to be with His church. He is the bridegroom. We are the bride. He died for the church. He's coming back for the church and He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Jesus loves His church. The closest thing to heaven on earth is His church. That's it. It's the hope of the world. And God knows we need hope right now in this world. It's the book. It's it's the book. It's the blood. And it's the blessed hope that we have that we can stand here today. He says, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. All means all. Come on. All means all. Especially. Come on. That means... That actually means that as a church is under attack, that means that we are in a war. We are in a war with the spirit of this world and there's an enemy to your soul. That's what He wants to do. That's why you and I, we must understand the church of Jesus Christ globally is under attack. And especially if you're a church that has a focus on soul winning missions to the world, because that's what He's trying to delay. See, the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent will take it by force. Amen. It's a spiritual war we are in, not a human one. Jesus said, I will give you the church, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. That tells me that we has not left us powerless. The same Spirit and power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives and dwells within us because we are the church. Jesus has given us the keys to heaven's home, His home. He's given us all access to every heavenly resource that we need. So whatever we forbid, whatever we bind, whatever we permit, whatever we loose, we can declare it so. See, when Jesus is your Master, when you know your mandate, then you know you are empowered for a mission, but it's by faith. It's by faith. Faith is the door to the supernatural power of God. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. There is no other way. See, inside every single one of us, there's an internal compass that's longing and desperate to wanna be used by God. He said, when you earnestly desire the gifts, He will give it to you. The spiritual gifts are given to the church to equip and empower the church to be all that they're called to be for the work of the ministry. That work of the ministry is not here on a Sunday. That work of the ministry is in the marketplace. That work of the ministry is in your family. It's in your home. It's your business. It's in the media. It's it's wherever you go. You are the work of the ministry. 
These gifts are for us to serve the church and the world. As a church, we don't just exist for us, we exist for the world. Thirdly, and this is where I wanna hone in, although the rest was good, don't you reckon? (laughs) That was a foundation, right? That was a foundation. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. (laughs) It's the Word, it's gotta be good, right? Thirdly, Jesus must be your source. See, when Jesus is your source, everything is just a resource. Power comes from staying connected to Jesus. You have been given all authority and all power to fulfil your assignment here on earth. You are empowered for this mission, but we must understand that we must operate from a supernatural side of us. I'm not talking about being weird and tacky and, and you know, being that over spiritual person. We are supernatural beings. We are naturally super because the God of hope is on the inside of us. Jesus went to the grave, took back the keys from the devil and given you the keys to the kingdom for a reason, not just to have it in your pocket and have it dangling. He's given you the keys so you can unlock and activate the power of God in this place. We've been given access to the keys to God's heavenly realm, every spiritual resource we need. We've got the power to call down heaven here on earth to forbid and permit, but it's voice activated. We've got to speak it out. We've got the power. The power is in the Name of Jesus. We've been given all authority. That means His excusia, your right and privilege. You have a right and privilege, a legal right to access all that God has given you. And you have power to witness to the world. That dunamis power means the ability is on the inside of you, the potential is on the inside of you. All you have to do is activate it. In all that, it's time, church, that we as the church of Jesus Christ rise up and reclaim all that God has given us because He's given us for a reason. Let's not degenerate the church to some place where we have our practical needs met. Come on, I'm a pastor. I love people and I want their practical needs, but that's not what we're all called to do. We're not God can't look at things from a merely human point of view. You will get more today from this pulpit by the Word being spoken in you, if you will receive it, that you'll be able to do it. Most things that God has called you to do. Most things, all things. See, that is not the beginning and the end of what a Christian can do in this world. We are empowered and we are equipped to carry His presence and power to the church and the world. Everywhere you go, you are the walking, talking embodiment of Jesus Christ. You carry the geographical presence of God on the inside. You are empowered from on high to show the world the way to everlasting life. You are called to preach the good news. You are called to open blind eyes, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to set the captives free, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. 
You know, I, um, I've got a great story here and I'm going to share it because it's just a powerful testimony on everything that has been spoken. Our beautiful little uh, grandson, Roman, a couple of years ago was diagnosed with a, um, a rare cancerous tumour on his liver. Many of you know about that. It's called hepoblastoma. Very rare. In fact, doctors didn't know what they were really doing when they were doing it because they hadn't had many cases. Long story short, he had adult six rounds of chemo. He was uh, 78% of his liver was taken out. His gallbladder was taken out. And uh, all through it, my husband would, be, when he, they told us what would happen to him, and they said, oh, he'll lose his hair. And I remember my husband saying, not one hair of his head will be lost. And I sat with um, my daughter and her husband, and we sat with the doctor and the oncologist, Dr. Tom, said, um, you know, well, this is what's going to happen. He'll lose his hearing. We just don't know how much his hearing he'll lose, but he will lose some of it. He will have kidney damage. And he started to go on all the things that will happen. We're just going to monitor him and, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it won't be as much as what, you know, others have had. And I remember us going to prayer and going to faith, and particularly my uh, daughter at that time. And we started declaring the Word of God over the situation. We started declaring, no, that's not going to happen to Roman. Well, last week, last Wednesday, Wednesday. Roman's completely free. He's healed. He has no... Last Wednesday, I've got to be quick because I've got so much to get through. Last Wednesday, we got, we got the call from Dr. Tom at eight o'clock at night. At first, my daughter was a bit concerned, but she said, look, I just want to tell you that nothing about Roman has been normal. <laughs> We want to use him as a case study for the next 10 years because we want to help other people. He, he's got all his hearing, plus he's, he's got better hearing than a normal child. He has no damage. We want to use him as a case study because nothing about him has been normal. He should have lost his hair. He should have had hearing damage. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. is Jesus. But there are two kingdoms at work today and two forces of supernatural power. One's from God and one's from Satan. And we sometimes forget that there is a dark spiritual realm out there that is led by Satan. And his sole focus is to stop you and I from fulfilling our assignment by believing you don't have what it takes. He tried to do it with Jesus. He thought he'd won when Jesus gave up his spirit and hung on that cross and died. He was buried. When he was buried, he went to hell and took back the keys of the kingdom of heaven and rose from the dead. That is why we have resurrection power. He tries to put fear in us because fear will paralyze you, but the faith in Jesus Christ will release you to do what you're called to do. Now, I honestly don't want to give the devil glory, but as believers, we cannot be ignorant. And I feel sometimes that some points we can be ignorant of the enemy's devices. See, the strategy of the enemy is to discredit God. That's it. His tactic is to steal, kill and destroy. We know that in John 10.10. 10. He wants to destroy everything that Jesus has built, His church. 
Remember, the devil has been longer on this earth than you and I. He knows the Word of God better than you and I. He's a fallen angel. The Bible says that even the devil believes. The Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. He's a liar. He's a master counterfeiter. He cannot create anything, only copycat and only imitate. So watch out for the imitators and the, and the copycats. He is a schemer and a master deceiver. He started with Adam and Eve. Unlike God, the devil is not omniscient. Devil can't be in more than one place. However, he is multi-present. He had his little demons, his little fallen angels, his little cohorts that go to work on his behalf. See, the devil's strategy wants us to not make Jesus' last words on earth our first priority. And that is to go and make disciples. He would want us to believe that all the bad things that happened in the world, God had a hand on it. We forget that He's the master, stealer, thief and killer. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. No nation or people can ever survive or succeed without the good news of Jesus Christ being preached. Satan, he does, he's not taking holidays right now. He knows his time is drawing near. He will, he will be cast down shortly and he's doing everything to stop us from sharing the good news. The Word of God says the end won't come and the good news will be preached throughout the world. Come on, church. We are called to go to all the world and preach the Gospel. See, when we stop sharing the good news to everyone everywhere, we what we are saying is we are stopping caring for people's eternal salvation. We are merely looking from a human point of view. And that, my friend, we become an open target to the kingdom of darkness. But you and I, we have been been given power to witness. It's the most supernatural thing we can do because of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. Acts 1.8 says, Jesus said, but when the Holy Spirit comes up and on you, you will receive power to witness. Come on, church. Is there anyone here who has the power to witness? Satan is after the souls of mankind. He's after our nation. He's after our city. He's after our family and He's after our church. And it's time for us to push back the spiritual darkness by sharing the good news. Stay on your post. Stay on your post. Be the one of the five versions that you know that you've got your cup overflowing and that you're ready for the Master's return. Make sure that you're being the salt and the light. It's time to put, the devil wants you to believe that the Word of God is irrelevant for day, that it's hard to understand because our flesh, our human side is at enmity with our spirit. Isn't that amazing when we get, we want to read the Word of God, all of a sudden the spirit of sleepiness tries to come upon us. Yet we can stay up all night and watch whatever that, wrestling thing is and we can watch Netflix and we can watch rugby and we can do all those other things and watch when calls the heart. <laughs> all right, I put myself out there. When calls the heart. That's such a gorgeous little thing. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, and all these signs will follow those who believe. See, this is your source of truth. The authority and the power comes from the Word of God. 
signs and wonders, miracles will follow after the preaching of the Word. There's gonna be signs and wonders and miracles here because the preaching of the Word has been spoken. But we're not gonna be able to do this from a human reasoning. You gotta step into the supernatural and have faith, faith eyes, not natural eyes. See, if it's in God's Word, we can speak it out Call it out into existence. Call those things that are not as if they are in Jesus' Name. The devil wants you to devalue and discredit the powerful Name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Why is it, church? Why is it that even an unbeliever, someone who has no Christian foundation, who has no idea who Jesus is, that he can, on the other hand, blaspheme the Name of Jesus? Why is it? He has no legal right for you and I unless we give it to Him. Satan hates Jesus. And when you surrender to Jesus, you've just picked a fight on the devil. And he has no legal right or authority over you unless you give it to him. Satan set things up for us to get caught up in division, offence and strife with people. Our natural instinct wants to deal from a human side, but we are not dealing with flesh and blood. We got to stand firm against the evil strategies of the devil. We are in a spiritual battle, but my Bible tells me that Jesus has already won it for us. My Bible tells us that we have victory, that we are overcomers. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This is why Jesus says, in my name, you will cast out demons and you will speak in new tongues. You know what? We've got to stop counselling demons. We've got to stop medicating demons. We've just got to cast them out in a supernatural way. Given supernatural ability to speak a heavenly language that allows us to pray God's perfect will for our lives and situations. Why wouldn't you want that gift? Why wouldn't you want the gift? Why wouldn't you access that gift? If you've been given it to it and you're not using it, come on church, let's pray in that language, that supernatural language that shifts atmosphere and calls down heaven here on earth. Anyone, including a pastor, myself, who denies the power in this book, the blood and the blessed hope has been deceived. Jesus sent out 72 disciples. They came back from their ministry trip and were so excited. They said, "Even Lord, even the demons tremble and obey Your Name. And Jesus said, Yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given You all authority over the power of the enemy. See, Satan wants to believe he has more power than you. And He wants to put fear and worry and doubt in you because He knows when you grab and hold the truth, when you grab hold of the truth, the power that's been available to you, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. The captives are released and freedom comes. There is coming a day, and I believe it's here right now, that signs and wonders and miracles and healings will be a part of our everyday life. But if we are going to have this, we've got to walk in the supernatural. Then you'll need to learn to walk hand in hand with Jesus. Seek His face because the power of God is given by Him. It's not something we manipulate or formulate. It's not who 
you know, just because we've got someone that, you know, we think highly of, it is something we learn when we walk with Him and we lean in on Him. In the end of the chapter in Mark 6, in Matthew 16, Jesus said this other question to them. And He said this to the crowds as well. He said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? See, your soul is worth more than the whole world to Jesus. Let's not take this lightly. So many people are gambling their soul away. I just that, I just want to, one weekend of this. Or, hey, it's not going to hurt if I do this. It's not about the doing. If he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Jesus is saying to you today, do you know who I am? Or is what others are saying about me? Many people believe in God. We just heard that even the devil believes in God. But do you believe in Jesus? Do you really believe what He's done for you? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. There is no other name in all of heaven and earth that can save you but Jesus. That's why you won't hear people blaspheming Buddha or Muhammad or Allah because they have no power. They're still in the grave. Jesus is the only one that's been risen. So He's fought. He's taken the keys. So sin and death has no hold of us anymore. The devil wants you to believe that there is no devil and no hell, just heaven. God is love. He is. But He's a God of justice as well. And He's not made us robots. He said this, he said, don't rejoice because you can cast out devils. Rejoice because your names are registered as citizens of heaven. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.